and welcome to the fourth officials EPL and World Soccer podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with Tottenham fan Pete Miller and anti-United fan James Lewis. How are we doing today, guys? Pretty good. Dr. Pete? Uh, sixth place. Going to taste Europa next year. Feels good. It is sixth place, but as Jose Mourinho does... A lot of points picked up in the second half of the season, Dr. Pete. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about the end of the season clashes that came together. Some of them were climactic. Some were anticlimactic. Um, and I think we're going to take a look at the top of the table, table, the middle of the table, and the bottom of the table. We'll also do awards and make fun of the, what is it, the English Writers Association, James? The, the Football Writers Association. Yeah. yeah. Their awards. Uh, we will take some shots at Hendo because that's what we do. We will also take shots at Keppa because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, let's get let's kick it off, guys. Uh, the end of the season. It's been a super weird season. Obviously, COVID uh, made it even weirder with the big long break in between. But I don't know about you, Doctor Pete, but I'm just happy that we actually got to finish the season and we had a pretty cool run in where we had like matches every single day. Very excited that it finished up the way it did and stay tuned for the Amazon documentary of this season. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. You forgot about that one. Didn't you? I, Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about Jose doing some kind of like weird circle dance at the end <laughs> after drawing the worst team, the worst form team in the league. He did a circle dance around like uh, the middle of the a field. I was like, dance. he was, he and the staff. I'm trying to say, she rated. <laughs> they were all in circle. Like and this is after Jose Mourinho repeatedly has said that Europa is not a target for him ever and is beneath him. But actually, when all things were said and done, it was a, a little bit of an impressive feat getting back to where they ended up. Uh, we will we'll talk about that. But let's go into the uh, final day, I guess, guys. The game of the week that everybody is watching was Leicester City versus Manchester United. Uh, both teams were tied on points, um, as well as goal differential. Their goal differential wasn't bad, guys. Their points were pretty bad uh, in terms of a third and fourth place battle at um, 63 before this game started. Uh, 62, excuse me, and they're both at plus 28. So a lot on the line here. Um, James, I'll let you start with how you uh, saw the game going, especially with United coming off getting ripped apart by uh, Chelsea and then somehow drawing David Moyes' West Ham team that, like, weren't playing for anything. So, James, uh, how did you feel about the match overall and the 2-0 victory for United? You know, I – you know, the beginning of all this, I – I should say when when we came back and and the football resumed coming off the break, I I did predict that Leicester would be the one to drop out of the top four. Um, Having said that, I – I still thought, okay, look, this is it. You know, they're going to put up a fight. They're Lester, that is, and they're going to, you know, they're going to at least challenge in this game. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, They just looked flat and like they really, they didn't look like they were fighting for a Champions League spot. They looked like they were pretty much resigned to finishing. Well, you know, if we, if we, you know, get a goal on the break. Cool. If not, you know, hey, good, good season. We got fifth place. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of summed up like Brendan Rodgers 
I think he said afterwards, or it might have been before the game, he was like, look, you can't expect to, co- we don't have the resources to compete with Manchester United over a full season. It's like, well, not with that attitude, dude. <laughs> you were, yeah. they were like 15 points up on you guys. Yeah, it was 15 points up at the end of January. Amazing. Um, one of our fans sent us something. Uh, at JD Kong sent me a table here of the teams after the break, the 14 matches after the COVID break. And Leicester City was in fourth place with 14 points from 14 matches, six losses and five draws, minus two goal differential. I mean, you just talk about a massive collapse, a 15-point lead over Manchester United. I think that that is a big story. I think it is as big of a story as United's fine form. They were number one with no losses after the break. But in order for them to make up that ground, they needed somebody in front of them to fall and fall hard. And that's basically what Leicester did. Uh, Pete, what are your thoughts on Leicester coming into that match and the way the match ended up? I mean, it's just terrible to end your season that way. They got absolutely smashed to bits by Tottenham in a game they had to win. And then they show up on the last day of the season and somehow, despite dropping all those points, all they need to do is win a single game. And they came out like they were beat from the start. It was the most pathetic performance I've seen in the last day in a long time in terms of a team actually trying to play for something. And Man United, give them credit, they took full advantage of Leicester's fall, and they still beat out Chelsea, who played pretty well after the break. So that's off to United for getting it done. To give Leicester a little bit of, not not to defend them, but you know they were dealing with some injuries. I mean, Madison was injured. They yeah, had to deal sure. with some suspensions. Um, Soyuncu was out, but that's their that that's his own fault, right? One hundred percent. But that's all part, and that's all part of yeah. the collapse. Really, is what it was. And I was just I was very disappointed, uh, not only because I hate Manchester United and I wanted them to miss out on the Champions League. Yes. Uh, at any by any means. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm thinking about writing a letter to Cass because I heard I've heard that that works, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but Lester, I just I couldn't bring myself to even root for Lester watching that game. I, I was like, they they don't want it, they don't want this game. Yeah. So why why should I be cheering for them at all? And so I just I watched it, but I wasn't happy about it. Yeah, and I agree with what both of you were saying. Um, you Brandon Rogers coming into that in the in the press conference was like, hey, you know what? Like, if we don't win. Um, this is the <laughs> second best we've ever done. Uh, so we would have taken sixth place at the beginning of the year. So yeah, like oh, yeah. no big. I mean, for us, we've already won. So yeah. uh, maybe victory. We, maybe we should let them win so they have a victory and we all have victories. It's like, <laughs> dude, you got to come in there. Like, especially since they have a team that could beat Manchester United. They have Jamie Vardy running at uh, Harry Maguire. You know, like uh, Harry Maguire. I know we we talk a lot about it and. We'll talk more when we get to like team of the season and, and talking evaluating big players. But he had a good season for United, but his obvious weakness is speed. Uh, and the way Jamie Vardy plays, where you put a through ball in and he, he gets in foot races, uh, that's not a good foot race, James Lewis. Harry Maguire versus Jamie Vardy. If um, I'm Harry Maguire constantly worried about falling over under the weight of my own head, I definitely <laughs> that's definitely not the race that I want to be in. I'll just put it that way. 
Uh, it happened early, though. Uh, Harry Maguire picked up a yellow card in like the ninth minute for a pretty brutal tackle on uh, on Vardy, and Lindelof picked up a yellow card a little bit, not too much later. I think it was still in the first half, where he picked up one for just crushing Jamie Vardy while the ball was going out of play. <laughs> it was clear that they were trying to knock him off a little bit. And you know, last week when we were talking about how poorly Harry Maguire played in the um, Chelsea FA Cup match, uh, I thought Lindelof was worse than Maguire in that game. We didn't really get around to it. And I said to you guys, you know, I want to talk about yes. Lindelof because he was, he was poor. And I think that on the season, if you watch a lot of their goals, a lot of them are just Lindelof getting weight roomed off the ball. The first goal of the season, I remember somebody going up for a header over him and mm-hmm. he just got like totally weight roomed off the ball as a prem center back. I think that he's more suited for like La Liga. He is very good with the ball. He, he reads well the ball, um, like passes relatively well, but in terms of the strength you need to go up against some of these big boys, I think that he's not it. Um, and in this match, he actually played really well, guys. Um, he, To me, he was the, the man of the match. They gave it to Bruno. But the Manchester United offense was really stale in this match. They were really stale across the board. I mean, they gave the ball away constantly. Uh, Rashford looked a little scared. They didn't really have any real threats until right before the half where Rashford hit a half volley and a pretty decent save by Casper Schmeichel. But they were really stale. They just looked out of gas, James. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just honestly, I've, uh, they, you know, I, I can't say any more about it. It was just, it was terrible. <laughs> it hurts too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that being said, the defense held together. Uh, Juan Bissaka played a really good game. Um, Brandon Williams played a really good game at left back. And the defense actually bailed out the offense in this one. That's, I guess that's a point I was trying to make. David De Gea didn't really make any uh, saves in this match. No, he didn't uh, have to. They didn't even so, really test him. He didn't make any mistakes. He did, more right. than making saves. I mean, all but, you got to uh, do is shoot at him. Yeah, but they couldn't do it, except for there was one play. Do you guys remember? I think it was Hunter was in the box, and he did like a pivot turn, and he turned, and he's like on the six, and he goes to hit the ball, and if he hits it with any kind of sting, it's a goal because he's kind of open. And he like hits terrible. this little. It looks like a balloon coming off his foot. Just like yeah. pop up and like slowly like pops up. David De looks surprised that the ball was going into his hands. He's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, hey. like <laughs> to not to not get anything on that ball. I think is a microcosm of Leicester in the second half of the season. Uh, just not getting anything on the ball. There was a couple times where they were dribbling up the middle. Indeed, he had a miserable shot. They just looked scared, and I think that comes from Brandon Rogers. Brandon Rogers. I think that. Um, you know, you have to be proud if you're Lester about where you finished. But uh, Dr. Pete, that does affect how you how you going forward see yourself because you now are underneath Manchester United, you're underneath Chelsea, and you you look at the way Tottenham finished and even Arsenal finished. There, they look better than you. Well, I don't think Lester belonged in the top four even at the beginning of the season. I think they were playing very well. But I think they had a, a very top-heavy home schedule the first half of the season, and they didn't have any injuries. <clears throat> and for a squad like that to start absorbing injuries, you don't have the depth to be able to sustain that. I mean, Tottenham is the same way. We just we have not gotten enough in the transfer windows to have enough depth to overcome one or two big injuries. Yeah, I think that's true. And they also have – a smoldering hot Jimmy Vardy. Smoldering hot, and I mean that guy's in form, so don't take it any other way, okay? Hey, guys. Mm. 
smoldering hot (laughs) Jamie Vardy, whose conversion rate that you noted earlier in the week, James, is ridiculous. And it always has been. He's always had one of the highest conversion rates in terms of uh, shots on target that go into the net. And he wins the Golden Boot. He is the oldest Golden Boot winner since 1941. (laughs) Wow, I did not realize that. That's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, I like that stat. Old Smithy Boggins. Oh. <laughs> fresh, fresh back from the war. 13 goals. Yeah, so I think that was um, pretty cool. But Manchester United win the game, and as we've alluded to several times, unfortunately for Leicester fans, they kind of whimper out. Uh, Johnny Evans with an absolutely absurd waist-high tackle <laughs> in the 95th minute, which in all honesty, the rest of us were kind of like, you kind of respect it a little bit, you know, because he's so frustrated and he's just like, ah! like, you know, just, just <laughs> it. and then just totally dives headfirst into uh, the first person you can see, which is McTominay. Okay. I'm off. Yeah, I'm, I'm off. I'm, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I didn't want to play anymore. This well, year. he I'm tried off. to get sent off the last week so he wouldn't have to play against United, but they wouldn't yeah. send him off. Yeah, they, they refused to send him <laughs> off. So it it's whatever. But, you know. Lester looks good. It, uh, they just signed Madison today, right, to a contract, James? Yeah, long term. That's a no, big signing. Yeah. They they have um, yeah Tillemans. He's excellent. Indeed, he had an awesome year. If you really look at his defensive stats, uh, he had a really nice year. They have a lot to build on there. Soyuncu Chu had a nice year, minus the whole like get sent off for the most important matches of the season thing. That was. Uh, <laughs> That's right. not great. Uh, no. Schmeichel had a good year. Uh, Ricardo Pereira was superb this year. He's in my uh, team of the season. We'll get to okay. that later. Yeah, he, he was excellent, um, and he tore his ACL, so that's a big loss for them. But overall, you have to be, I guess, proud as a Leicester fan, but uh, the finish the way they did definitely took some luster off of it. But let's move on to the next match, guys, which is Wolves versus Chelsea. This game was looking like a draw for till right about halftime. And then a foul that didn't happen. Did you guys see the foul on um, Alonso? Did. You yeah. guys have been remarking on the floppiness of Manchester United. <laughs> there was no contact made on Alonso, and he's right around the D at the top of the 18, and he goes down like a ton of bricks. All of the Wolves players are around the ref, like remonstrating that he's, you know, just dove again. To no avail, Mason Mount steps up, takes a great kick, uh, free kick. Definitely, there's a clip going around of him taking the exact same kick when he was like 10 or something uh, and and talking his dad through how he's going to take it and then doing the exact same thing. So that's kind of cool. Mount had a good game. Our board, Pulisic, didn't really have a good game, but he carried them all the way down the stretch to get them in the fourth place. So Chelsea wins 2-0. Mount looked good. Giroud gets a goal, continues his resurgence. What do you guys want to say? I'll start with you, James. Um... The managerial move of the year, or just a long time coming, bringing in Big Willie over top of Little Keppa. <laughs> well, Big Willie, he always has a special place in my heart. Um, I know that. Manchester City Cup legend. Um, <laughs> it says, uh, you know, he is a career Premier League backup. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's an okay keeper. Yeah. Uh, day in day out, but it really says something about how done with Keppa Chelsea are that uh, he's who they turn to. Yeah, wet paper bag Keppa. Yeah, 
If there's a keeper worse than De Gea, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. Dr. Pete, your thoughts on Chelsea's finish of the season, uh, Pulisic, and maybe a little bit of Kepa hate. You can throw some of that if you want. Or their, or their defense. You can hate on that too. Really interesting second half of the season for them, the whole Kepa drama. I like Frank's balls, to be honest, to just okay. plant Kepa on the bench. In favor of Willie Caballero, who's 38 years old. A 38-year-old career backup has played in the biggest game of the season for them. Yeah. And that's that's incredible. What mm-hmm. a statement. Clean sheet. Um, and then Pulisic, as an American, it's really fun to see how much he tore up the league in the second half. You, you kind of hate it because he's going to be good for Chelsea for a while, unfortunately. But... Um, you definitely get excited for what he could potentially do for the U.S. team. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually had somebody come up to me who's not normally a Prem fan. He's a big soccer guy, but he doesn't really follow the Prem too closely. Um, you guys know. Genley? Iraq. E- <laughs> <laughs> not Genley. <laughs> Gotta get a shot in. Uh, our, our, bi- our big friend Iraq came up to me at a uh, six-year-old birthday party and was like, hey, Tom, how's it going? I was like, hey, man. He's like, Hey, did you see the Chelsea game? I was like, oh, yeah, I, I saw the game. Um, you know, I'm, I was kind of rooting against them. And he's like, yeah, I know, but uh, Pulisic, did you see what happened there? And he was, he was telling me all about the how Pulisic had played down the stretch and all that kind of stuff. And then he told me, I was like, oh, I didn't realize you were a Chelsea fan. We'll watch some games. He's like, I'm actually not a Chelsea fan. Whenever they uh, take Pulisic out or if he doesn't start, I don't watch the games. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. All right, Rack. All right. All right, more power to you. Take uh, to your principles. Yeah, I do like that. And I think that might be something that could uh, get some – Americans going and that, that always happens like that, you know, with Clint Dempsey. Part of the reason they paid that much for him. Yeah. Clint Dempsey, uh, Claudio Reyna, um, some of the, the better soccer, U.S. soccer players that chose to go abroad and try Is he out. out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said some of the better Americans that went out and chose to ply their trade abroad instead of staying um, in like a, an, like a split level apartment in LA or something like that, um, you know, and declaring allegiance for another nationality, you know, that kind of stuff. So something that, you know, obviously uh, our boy Pulisic, who's from right down the road, we're in Baltimore and he's up in Hershey where uh, straight up the Do- Hershey highway, Dr. Pete and I, our, our, our parents, <laughs> Jesus, our, Dr. Pete and I, <laughs> our parents actually met there. I would like you to refrain from anything because I think my dad listens to this podcast, James. So I might mute you for like the next minute. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Pulisic from right up the road there. And it's hard to not cheer for him when he has a giant uh, eagle tattooed on his chest. America. Uh, America. <laughs> Obviously. So Chelsea finishes in fourth. Um, the big talking point for them would be their goals allowed of 54, which is an increase from last year of seven plus 17 goals. That is so bad, James Lewis. Um, that is equal to Brighton. And if Kepa had been in goal, it would be in the bottom like eight in the league this week. But uh, he was not because Big Willie chose to uh, hold the door, you know. Um, so I think that's pretty pathetic. Anything you want to add to the end of Chelsea's season besides, hey, they made the Champions League, James? Well, uh, yeah. Hey, they made the Champions League. Congratulations for Fatty Lampard. Um, <laughs> the, I think you, we're talking all this trash about Kepa, but he, he has just been so bad. And I actually just read that uh, Chelsea are willing to 
let him go for 50 million or less, or they'll even consider a million. They'll, they'll even consider <laughs> long-term loans. Yeah, are we in the, so we're in the Alexis Sanchez stage. Yeah. We're, it's like, we're look, please. Accepted it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I did. I did hear uh, fifty was, million. Yeah, right. no one's gonna getting, pay fifty million for him. But uh, I mean, they have to put that price tag on him because what did they pay? Seventy, eighty for yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. So seventy, seventy-five, somewhere there. So it's like they're just putting that price tag on him, and they're just like, "Look, we'll, we'll let you loan him if you pay half his salary." He's yeah. on a lot of money per week, too. Oh, that's the election. second second highest paid in the league. Not Who's first? The highest paid guy. Who's first? But... Who's first? I forget. I always forget. Who's first? <laughs> you don't guys. forget. Yes. All right, so we've covered United, we've covered Chelsea, we've covered Leicester. Um, Dr. Pete, uh, Tottenham finishes up in sixth place, three points out of fifth. And the last game's a little anticlimactic uh, with a draw there uh, against Crystal Palace, who's lost like, James, like 12 in a row. Seven in a row. Seven, Seven in, in a row. row. <laughs> and they've just been absolutely Not miserable. anybody's counting. <laughs> and they scored Roy, Roy Hodgson certainly isn't counting. They scored yeah. two goals over those seven games. They have been so unbelievably bad. <laughs> yeah, they have been the 16th worst team in the league since uh, everything restarted with the uh, the relegation battlers just below them. And you have to think that on this kind of form where they had nine goals and 22 shipped over the last 14 matches, that they would be uh, in the relegation zone, especially if they lose Zaha. Uh, for next season, so they out. scored five more goals than Norwich City. Yeah, that's not good. That's oh not wow! Good. Yeah, that's they not are not going to be around for very long. I can't believe Zaha is still there. To be honest with you, he's been trying to leave for three seasons. To be fair to him, yeah, Crys- Crystal Palace put ridiculous price tags. They on did, him. yeah, that's like seventy million. They were talking about. Yeah, and I also don't know if he works well in. He works well as a big fish in a small pond, but I don't know if he works well as a small fish in a big pond, because I don't think he passes particularly well. He's very good on the ball, so you have to give him the ball a lot, and he draws a ton of penalties, and he cuts he cuts defenders up. But I don't think that he works well with a team that is constantly attacking um, and needs build-up play. I don't I don't think he – and that's why you well, haven't seen him go to All I can tell him. you is I'll take him any day of the week. I wouldn't pay $70 million for him, but a proven Prem goal scorer who can score goals out of nothing – I'll yeah. Well, and look, put him on Manchester. Put him back on United, and watch oh, how many man. penalties he gets called. And can you imagine? <laughs> can we? I mean, pen. it would be you would break the world record three times over. I don't even know what it is. I know you just said it this year. Fifteen. Thank you. Fifteen. Uh, you'd you, you're probably the only that. person that remembers that he was on Manchester United. Uh, I think he I, I think he didn't get I think he didn't get enough of a chance on Manchester United, honestly. And he was there for, uh, with Moyes. He was there with Moyes, and he's definitely not the player for Moyes. So, yeah, but you're also <laughs> the one who's sending the rumors around that he slept with Moyes's daughter. So I, I didn't make that I rumor. Really... I didn't make that rumor. <laughs> I don't shoot the just messenger, baby. You. <laughs> I sent you that article. That he's but that, anyway. That's from years and years and years ago. From a reputable journal. Yeah, good sources. The sources were my, not revealed. My sources oh, are immaculate. Absurd, my sources are immaculate. You're an absurd. Reveal my sources. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see Zaha moving finally for like fifty or something. Maybe, maybe forcing his way out. It is his hometown club, but he doesn't really seem that happy there. Um, we'll see, though. I, I think you know we're looking at the table as a whole. We we celebrated Liverpool's title last week. Um, 
but they didn't make it to 100 points. I think you noticed that, James, because I think I did, there's yeah. only one team that made it to 100 ever. Oh, who was it? What team was uh, that? It was Manchester, the Manchester team, one of those Manchester Right, the only one that's in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got yeah. it, check. Yeah, yeah, Manchester yeah, yeah. City. Uh, yeah, so Liverpool finishes with 99 points, um, a plus 52 goal differential, which is uh, very good. Uh, but Manchester City finishes with a plus 67 goal differential, 102 goals. And Manchester City, specifically Kevin De Bruyne in this match, James, after the FWA announced their uh, winner of their award of player of the season – as Jordan Henderson, I think De Bruyne took it personally, and then he took it out on Norwich. He said, "Let me talk," and he uh, talked, and he 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 spoke with his uh, traction engine of a right foot. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he smashed a couple goals in. He had an assist, and after the match, he tied the uh, Premier League assist record. And he said that uh, what was it, James? That he said that the goals committee owed him two goals. <laughs> yeah, he said he said in my mind, I already have it. You got you stole two goals from me. Um, no, still two assists. Assist, two yeah, assists. two assists. Uh, and he's talking about in, in this Norwich game. There was one where he t- he kicked you it. Stole that. He kicked it, and it 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 was a, it was a pass, but it ricocheted off a yeah. Norwich defender, then landed to our player who scored the goal. And then, yeah. of course, he's talking about the David Luiz um, goal at Arsenal, where he made the pass. It bounced off Luiz and was yeah. subsequently scored. Um, but you know what? We know that he is the best playmaker, hands down, in the Premier League, and uh, he, you know, he'll come back next season and maybe he smashes the record. Who knows? Yeah. If he had Aguero playing in this whole game, he would have had it. Um, I think Jesus and Sterling both missed point blank chances, as they do, as they, as do. they do. James Lewis, uh, yeah. So City finishes on eighty-one points. Um, that is what was City's goal differential when they got a hundred points. I'd have to go. Look uh, must not have been much better than sixty-seven. Yeah, I don't think it. I think it was pretty similar. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at that. But eighty-one points, they finish uh, eighteen back of Liverpool, which is a mile, um, and eighteen back of what they did last year. Really weird season for them, James. A, their offense, when they're rolling four, five, six, nothing, and yeah. then they had these games against. Pete was listing off the teams earlier in the week where we we're talking about. Teams that were bad, like Norwich beat them. Norwich. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their yeah. losses were really bad. Nine losses for Pep. And yet still, you know, with the CAS stuff hanging over them, they still have a chance in Champions League. So I'm seeing a lot of people saying it's a failed season. It's really not until that's over. Uh, if, yeah. if they were to not win Champions League, is it a failed season? I mean, what is it? It's it's Because you guys did get a trophy. Let me, let me go ahead and take that one. It's a failed season. It's basically Mourinho's season without Europa for United. You can call it a failed season. And I mean, yeah, certainly actually. we set higher standards for ourselves than that. But I mean, and if you look at it objectively, too, we, we finished second place. Semi-final of the FA Cup. I mean, I think we should have won that. Obviously, you know how I feel. Won the League Cup, and we're still in the Champions League. If we, if we, if we get to the final of the Champions League, um, I think that that's progress in the Champions League is pretty important for us at this point. So finishing second, yeah, we're going to have to deal with that and, and figure out what went wrong and what we can fix next season. Um, but if we make significant progress, if we win the Champions League, no one's going to care about finishing second in the league. Very true. Very true. But Pete's point is well taken. If you don't, 
it yeah. is Mourinho's year. It's like the same amount of points. The goal difference yeah. was very different, but I mean, you finished a mile behind. Well, we're um, not, you know, reactionaries like the uh, United board. So oh Pepsi or Pepsi or as long as he wants to be. You only got a certain amount of time in the cycle. Yeah. yeah. But they can start a new cycle. I think they, I'm, in, I'm really interested. That's, to that's what every team says. <laughs> <laughs> says, says the guy starting a new cycle. Uh, yeah. I think I'm really interested in seeing what Man City does in the transfer market. Cause I think they have the money obviously, but I don't know that they have, uh, I mean, they have holes. I think they, their second center back ha- was bad all year. When Laporte went down there in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's really the main cause for, I, I think I would, I would say that is the main cause for us being so far behind. Not that we would have won the season if we had him healthy mm-hmm. the whole year. You can't really say that, but I mean, when when he, after he came back when we returned to play yeah. and he was back healthy i mean we did, we were not giving up goals now there's there's slips every once in a while but i what it's about i think for the course of the of the season is is about consistency and for for pep's teams you you know you're not giving up a lot of shots but but when you are getting attacked and you are giving up shots you need a defender that can you know stop a one-on-one attack and yeah. be- because they're high, they're all going to be high probability shots to get taken against us. That's what it ends up being. Um, and we, without Laporte, we just didn't have that. So center back is another center back uh, is absolutely our number one priority. Yeah, it's hard though. It's really hard to to judge a center back coming into the Premier League how they're going to do mm-hmm. compared to like Italy and Spain. And then on top of that, you have the idea that the Premier League teams are going to pay a premium for center backs. I mean, they're just really mm-hmm. expensive to get elite center backs. So I'm really interested to see from a, uh, I guess, a objective view to see what City does in the transfer window. They need a center back. I think their engine room still sound. I think Rod, what's his name? Rodriguez? Rodriguez. Excuse me, Rodriguez. <laughs> Rodriguez. <laughs> Sorry. I was, uh, I was reading uh, Fernandinho's name when I said that. <laughs> Rodrigo actually had a really, really good year. Um, And I think he is going to be solid in there. And I think your wings are fine. If you want to push Foden into where David Silva had to give a hat off to David Silva, he's leaving. Um, I think Foden can fill that role relatively Mm -hmm. well. I think the big thing is though, you really got to find a, an elite finisher for the Aguero spot. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll probably have Aguero for we're going to have him, I think, for one more season. Yeah, he, you know, right. he's he's older now. He's had a few injuries racking up. You know, he, he basically gets injured once a season. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, is he going to be ready uh, for champs? There, it's it's doubtful. Yeah, they haven't said, but I think Pep made some comments that people interpreted as oh, potentially boy. not being ready for for the champs league. So, Gabriel. of course, let's not forget Jesus played in the last one against Real Madrid and had a very probably his best game of the season. Yeah, true. I think they do need to find a long term successor, somebody who uh, is an elite talent that is just place young, place the best prem striker ever. That should be easy. Yeah. Well, Cake. fortunately, they have one of the best playmakers in prem, Premier League history. KDB had a ridiculous season. Um, absolutely should be the player of the year. A little spoiler alert for the for the awards. Actually, we can just go right into the awards, guys. Um, yeah. KDB, for me, is the player of the season. 13 goals, 20 assists, 
and a few of them were stolen apparently. A couple of <laughs> stolen away by, by David Louise's magic. Uh, ten man of the matches on a team that has plenty of guys who could be man of the match. Um, I'm not going to let James start on this one, but uh, <laughs> oh, thank God, Doctor Pete. Uh, do you agree with that? Do you think it should be somebody else? Um, what are you thinking? Bruyne is a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been the best player in the Premier League when he's played over the last three years. Yeah. yeah the, the most remarkable thing about City's season a couple years ago was that they won the league without De Bruyne, who was the best player in the league. Yeah. And he was the best player in the league again this year. He's the one guy you play against, and you're absolutely terrified of him for 90 minutes and every once in a while they pull him off for whatever reason or he gets hurt and you're like oh whew, that was a yep. thank god he's off the field because he's killing yep. us but he's he's unguardable especially in pep's system like he fits perfectly in there and he may never win a player of the year which would be insanity yeah, I totally agree. I think we argued a long time ago about the uh, when Mo Salah had his 32-goal season, and Liverpool did not win the title, and they gave it to Mo Salah when KDB was pulling all the strings for the Manchester City team that won the title by a mile. And it was like, what? What are we? What are we doing here? You know, like yeah. why, why? Why? City media bias. Obviously, <laughs> obvi, obvi. But we're at a point now, whereas the um, award was announced for Henderson, the Writers Award, which, as James pointed out, was also handed out to Scott Parker uh, when, <laughs> when, when his team got relegated. At the same time, like there were years where Ronaldo won that award, uh, right. and, and the Players Award, and the Young Players Award, and I think Hazard did it, um, and I think Luis Suarez did it. But the idea that KDB wouldn't do that and they would get this narrative behind Jordan Henderson, I mean, I oh, see it because God. Liverpool was so dominant in how they won the league and they didn't win every game by 100. So they're kind of saying, well, can't give it to Klopp, so we give it to the captain, James. No one, no one in the history of these awards has ever gotten so much credit just for being the captain on a good team. Like usually you usually you'll get that credit when you're a captain and you're also the best player, you know, like even like in the top three players in this team. Yeah. If you take him out, if you take him out of the lineup, they have the same amount of freaking points. If you take him out of the lineup, they do fine. That's the way I feel about it too. That is exactly the point that I feel. And that's what I was saying about team, my team of the year picks. If you take some of these players out, their teams are completely different. If you take take, Van Dyke out of the lineup, take, when 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 they had games, even where they, they had games where Allison, when Allison was injured, they mm-hmm. looked completely vulnerable in all those games. Exactly. Henderson played in those games. You know, yeah. it's not it's not him that's making Liverpool good in in any sense of the word. Yeah, so I think we're unanimous with KDB as Player of the Year, and I'll just add for the Henderson stats because I know that you know people are like, well, you everybody hates on him. They say he doesn't have the stats, blah blah blah, but. He doesn't have any stats. It's not like he doesn't oh, have hold on. Have you measured his heart? Uh, size? You, uh, two sizes. I want you to get out your meter stick. You know what? You're going to need more than a meter stick. <laughs> so I, I read like probably 15 <laughs> different team of the years and the blurbs for their player of the years. And like 
50% of them had Henderson in there, and every one of them that had a blurb started out with his off-the-field contributions. And I'm like, that's not what we're looking at here. And if you remove him from the team, regardless of his off-the-field contributions to the team leadership, like they they still win the league. He, he is not that guy. So let's get into stats anyways, even though we're not allowed to when you're talking about Henderson. Uh, four goals, five assists. If you're wondering, John Joe Shelby had more goal contributions than that. If anybody's uh, keeping track, he had more goals. Yeah, that's great. Uh, pretty nice great player. player. <laughs> John Joe Shelby also up there for uh, Player of the Year, right? Uh, no, still only oh. in the Voldemort lookalike category, <laughs> and he's top. <laughs> no competition so far. Still up top in the Voldemort lookalike competition, um, but. Henderson, 85% passing, that puts him in the top, like, 30, maybe, and Ooh. nowhere near the top, like, if you're going to say, well, he's the he's the kind of defensive midfielder that does the passing, well, Rodrigo's passing was 95%, and it was the highest passing percentage in the league. So if you're saying it's a passing type of defensive midfielder, uh, that, like, Pirlo type that keeps possession and, oh, and sprays great balls, he's not there. That's not what he is. Yeah. Um, he's not in the top 30 for tackles. So he's mm-hmm. not like the guy who's winning back all the balls. And he's tied for 94th in interceptions per game. Um, what about I, distance covered? I didn't look at that because I don't care about it. <laughs> and to Dr. Pete's point, what about heart, heart. size? That is not in here either. Uh, he does. He did have oh, one. No, I don't even want to hear See, it. these advanced metrics. Are- <laughs> yeah. he, he had one man of the match performance in the entire season. One, he beat out his other play, other teammates who tied for the most wins in league history and w- had one man of the match performance Norwich. in like 37 matches that he played in. Um, if you, if you, uh, if you want to look at other players on his team, Van Dyke had five, Trent <laughs> Alexander Arnold had three, um, Mane had three. There's everybody else has more than him. I'm sorry, but. Henderson is not in the team of the year. He's not the player of the year. I know this; these narratives get out of control, James, and that's how we end up with mm-hmm. Luka Modric as Ballon d'Or. Like, come yeah. on. like these, Luka Modric is a great player, but uh, Ronaldo and Messi, we're still Ronaldo and Messi. You can't just get tired of voting for the good guys. And I think, yeah. I, I think if that happened to KDB and he were to never win a player of the year, it would just be a travesty. I mean – there's a there certainly is a bias against City. I know that you all recognize that, just like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be a, it will be a travesty if if uh, KDB doesn't doesn't win it this year. Yeah, he, um, but that being said, it. it is crazy how these narratives like gain momentum. I even had Liverpool fans talk to me comparing Jordan Henderson to Steven Gerrard, <sighs> and I felt so bad for them. Yeah, because they're, they, I felt so bad for them because they're being brainwashed into believing that this mm-hmm. mediocre manila folder of a player <laughs> is being compared to one of the all-time great midfielders, maybe in yeah. the game. Ever, yeah, especially in the Prem. Stevie G for me, and definitely on my Prem team. Passing, shooting, clutch, big games whenever you needed him. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of him personally. Because yeah. he's not on my team, but great player. You can't even dispute it. And to even mention the two of them in the same sentence yeah. in, in anything other than reading out a Heart team says. sheet from seven years ago when they were lining up next to each other is it is should be a crime. Yeah, I totally it should agree. be a crime. I, I totally agree. And Stevie G always holds a special place 
in my heart, even as a Manchester United fan, uh, for that ridiculous red card he got when we were in the top four race <laughs> against Liverpool, and they brought yes. him on at halftime. Yes. Card 13 seconds later, and just like handed the captain's badge off to Henderson, was like, all right, my shift is over. My, yeah. wa- my watch is over there, uh, James. So I think that it's absolutely ridiculous that Henderson is con- being even considered as player of the year. And you can say that Man City did not win the league, but when Mo Salah won it, Liverpool didn't win the league. So I think that it would only be fair to give it to KDB, who was the best player in the league this year. Um, and maybe, I guess you could make, you could give me an argument on Van Dyke for sure. Uh, we, 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 as we were looking over the team of the season nominees, we always, it's hard to not have the recency bias because we had that big, big, uh, COVID break where we, we forgot about football for a while. Yeah. And it, I did have to go back and kind of reacquaint myself with the first half of the season, which was obviously very painful. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andres Pereira started like 12, Oof. 13 matches at one point. Um, that kid's got a future. Yeah. Young uh, up-and-comer Jesse Lingard, ton of playing time then. Who, uh, By the way, by the way, guys, Jesse Lingard, last kick of the season, breaks the two-year hoodoo, gets a goal. Goal contribution, I heard, guys. I think I heard he, he earned himself a new uh, five-year contract with that. Yeah, maybe maybe at, maybe at Everton. Ed, I heard Ed Woodward was on the phone immediately to his agent. Yeah, yeah. Sign him back up. It's <laughs> terrible. All right, guys. So my team of the season. This is just gonna. I'm gonna read through it. I'll give you just brief stats, but I'm not gonna get super deep into it. Aubameyang, Vardy, and Mane up top as my three strikers. I don't care if Mane is a left wing. I wanted to get Alba in there, and I couldn't do it without doing that. Uh, in the midfield, I have Rashford at left mid, KDB in the middle, Ndidi just sitting right behind him, Salah uh, pointing out again the Rashford, 17 goals, 7 assists, KDB 13 and 20, Salah 19 and 10. And then across the back line, I don't think there's any surprise, Robertson, 12 assists, Van Dyke, 5 goals, Trent Alexander, Arnold, 4 goals, 13 assists, and Ali Sohn to round up my team of the season. I don't think there's too many. Uh, talking points here besides the Henderson stuff, guys. So I think that pretty much sums it up. Now, I know what you might be thinking. That was pretty quick, but don't you worry. We've got a special treat for all of our loyal listeners out there in the form of a supplemental episode devoted to discussing the team of the year. So look out for that. Let's switch gears real quick, guys, before we finish up here. The relegation battle ended. Uh, Aston Villa, Aston Villa, excuse me, is in the clear. B-Mouth loses despite winning. They will be relegated. Watford deserves to be relegated, guys. We talked about it last week, about firing your manager two games before the run-in. I mean, and getting slaughtered. Bush League. Amateur amateur hour. Absolutely. Over in Watford. Um, But, guys, what I want to kind of end on is the Aston Villa game versus Sheffield United. We were talking about goals of the season, etc. Um, how do you guys feel about the goal of the season being that goal that was, but then was never called? The watch never went off in the Sheffield United Aston Villa game, James. Yeah, to $100 me, million dollars never went in the bank. Yeah, a hundred. Yeah, I mean, and that's the importance of that goal because Villa stayed up uh, by one point. Uh, and that one point, they didn't have the goal differential. That one point was gained at Sheffield United when 
when they had a they had a what would have been an own goal um chalked off or not never given not even called nothing called because of a one in a million error where they claim that all of the goal line tech cameras were obstructed yes and fired everybody (laughs) all all of them obstructed unable to make the call and then apparently and i've only read this in bits and pieces i don't know how true this is or not and then that var could have yes reviewed it or did maybe and chose not to to give it under the not a clear and obvious error uh which is complete bull i mean we watched we watching it live you could see it went over (laughs) and then three feet in the goal (laughs) yeah and then they showed other tv angles like and then there was a tv angle it's like you're looking right at it the guy is almost laying in the side netting of the goal (laughs) with the ball in his hands yeah yeah not given they go on to they go on to draw that game um that i mean and that point kept them up so and that also started that was right when we came back from the the return i think and sheffield united went Uh on to to crap themselves out of a europa league spot as well uh after that kind of I, i mean probably really demoralizing for them um Pretty crazy. Pretty. That's my that's my non goal of the season, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think that you guys are talking about the the FA not going back, the VAR people not going back and and doing it. It was right before the half, and they were talking about possibly just awarding um, the goal, and then they didn't, and they went back and said, "Well, we actually haven't really written the laws to cover that because they just assumed that the that goal line technology would work." So the VAR stuff wasn't. It's not about that anymore. Yeah. It's not about the ball going over the line because they had everything settled. So I think the language that they had this new review process that it wasn't really included because they just assumed that it'd be fine. I, I don't know what that's all about, but it sounds uh, like yeah. bull to me. Yeah. And they even they issued a, an official apology at halftime. Yeah, at halftime. <laughs> I remember that. At halftime. Hey, sorry, the, the, we probably got that wrong. <laughs> as soon as yeah, like they took one look at it and they were like, oh boy. <laughs> oh hey guys uh gotta put our hands up this on out, this one get this out at halftime so yeah and, but the but, but then it's like well then give them the goal yeah exactly you're give in halftime facing an unprecedented error yes it's not like you know oh well, it was a tiny mistake or a penalty not given it's like no that's a goal uh-huh. give them the goal yeah and if you look at the end of the season table, Aston Villa, minus 26 goal differential, 35 points in the league. Bournemouth, minus 25 goal differential, one better, 34 points in the league. If Villa don't get that point, they are relegated. That is a massive deal. And there is a lot of people talking about various reasons for uh, suing the Prem. Yeah. Well, um, and if I'm and if I'm Bournemouth too, I'm I'm listening to those people. You know, I'm getting yeah. interested in that because they went out and they fought. I mean, they went and they beat Leicester what four nil, mm-hmm. five nil. I forget what that score was. Four, I mean, four, they four, went one. out. They're four. out there fighting every single game for it to stay up and to have blood, that be the reason. Tears. Yeah, blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> of an entire. Never mind those twenty two losses. Never mind them. <laughs> Never. Yeah, they don't. They don't worry about them. But, Never mind them. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, so uh, kind of a sour note uh, to end the season on, guys. But let's end with some positivity here. 
Uh, Manchester City, Dr. Pete, I believe, are the favorites to win the league next year. Is that right? I think it is in Vegas. Vegas odds favorites. And I would agree with that. We will have our Premier League, um, our Premier League preview show somewhere in September. But in the meantime, three days. days. In the meantime, we will be doing shows for the Champions League and relevant Europa matches. Probably more for the Champions League stuff, uh, but we'll include the Europa. Um, games. We have Real Madrid versus Manchester City that James mm. is in. Big, 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 big. So, big, by the way, big, we'll big. all be watching that uh, if Manchester City makes it through the next round, we'll all be watching that game together. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, we will. Book it. I'll be in Delaware. We're going to be Oh, in my God. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Hey, we're in Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> All right, for James Lewis, Ken Lee, and Dr. Pete, I am Tom Miller putting an end to the 2020 Premier League season, heading into the 2020-2021 Premier League season for next year in, as Dr. Pete said, like three days. We appreciate you guys hopping on here as we uh, as we kick this back into gear. Um, this is the fourth officials signing off for the season.